Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, a podcast for translators by translators, bringing you simple strategies to build better habits and improve your business and lifestyle. We're your hosts, Madalena sanchez Ampalo and Veronica de Michelis. Like you, we are professional translators striving to balance the challenges that come with building a career and maintaining clarity and boundaries between work and personal life. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators. This is episode 78, our first episode of 2023. We know that the beginning of the year is when many people set their intentions and aspirations for the year, which often includes training and development goals. So we thought we would dedicate our first episode of this year to professional development. We're happy to welcome a guest to join our conversation, and she's somebody who takes continuing professional development very seriously and openly shares her CPD journey on LinkedIn. We're excited to be joined by Iman Abdo. Iman is an English to Arabic translator who specializes in localization and transcreation, mainly in marketing, e-learning, and game localization. She studied translation at the faculty of Al-Asun in languages. With more than five years of experience in the game localization industry, Iman has worked on the localization of AAA games, mobile games, and indie games. She is also the author of the Egypt Localization Guide, and the force behind the localization of so many apps and games in Arabic. She is a gamer at her core, aspiring to change the way Arabic is represented globally. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, Iman. Thank you so much, Madalina. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really glad to be here with you today and hope our audience enjoy today's episode. Yes, welcome, Iman. We're super excited to have you. We both feel that Continuing professional development is extremely important for language professionals, and we really like to hear how people approach it in different ways. We're curious to hear how you do it. So first, we'd love for you to tell our listeners and colleagues about yourself and your business. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Veronica. You know, like I'm an English Arabic translator, um, specialized in localization transcreation, basically in marketing, e-learning content, and game localization. I've been working as a translator for more than five years, you know, like in the world of the transition localization, started working in the localization. Then I decided I have to be like more specialized Then it's just marketing and games and websites, all the things that I know, like sounds a little bit crazy and modern at the same time. Comparing this to the classic, you know, like legal, technical and finance, all this stuff. Yeah, I'm always driven by the idea of, uh, I don't know, making as much content as I can available in Arabic to make the speakers in the airport have more access to whatsoever is written all over either the internet or the books even. So yeah, this is, and languages are where are always my passion just to be like a translator you know like it's not a fancy job here or even the fancy you know prestigious colleges that I choose it because I love it yeah that's wonderful I love to hear that what values led you to become a freelance translator and localization professional and how do they develop in your business as I said it's it's always the idea of language access I just realized that we in the airport are not lucky enough to have so much content available in Arabic. And I always think of the Arabic speakers whenever I start working on any project, like would they benefit from such a content, how they could 
help us you know, to progress in our daily lives or on, I don't know, like the level of the nation or whatsoever. Um, because it's really important that we have such knowledges in different fields. So that's, I don't know, like the basic or the ultimate goal for me is just to you know, have as much content available in Arabic for the speakers in the airport or all over the globe, actually. And then I know like there are a lot of misconceptions about Arabic and about our culture here in the airport. So I feel like we as translators or Arabic translators have this duty to, I don't know, like correct these misconceptions or I don't know, like at least try to, I don't know, show people what is our culture about and Arabic's not that very complicated and it's got be like all the technicalities could be solved if it's, I don't know, like considered really in the programming I don't know, point of view. Yeah, the, the idea of developing my business or how it's developed, I don't know, like I, I always look for feedback either from my clients or colleagues I, I work with the way I can see that there is like an opportunity uh, to learn or to improve in an aspect or some aspects. This is how it goes. It's so true. We always have areas that we can improve in. And I think that's important to remember as you're planning your professional development for the year. Iman, what are some habits that have been crucial in your career, for example, related to any systems or processes that help you to stay focused and organized? I know like there are some crucial <laughs> habits for me because I'm a perfectionist and I can't live without like, you know, a schedule. I always see the idea of having like a plan or a schedule for whatever I'm going to do throughout. We're saying if we have like a long-term project, like on weekly basis or on daily basis, depending on how much work I have or depending on the nature of the projects I work on, you know, like I learned how to be flexible the hard way <laughs> because, you know, like I see flexibility is too underrated in our industry. Sometimes you can work on a, on a long-term project and the client approved the text and then they change their minds and need a need to be changed or fixed. So being, I don't know, like flexible helps so much, I believe. Also being open to feedback to know the aspects you need to work on or the aspects that you are really good at. I believe like being organized, also focused, I know like the top of the habits that each translator or each professional at least could build as a habit. Yeah, flexibility is so important. Yeah. Speaking of habits, what is one habit that you had earlier in your career that you no longer practice and why, why not? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like sticking to the plan, like, and pushing myself to really hard to do whatever I have planned to do. Colleagues that are already perfectionists and they can relate to this. When you start your career or you start working as a translator, you have a lot of passion, excitement to start working, to go the extra mile. Yes, these are really important and I can't say these are bad, but, you know, like, it's not that good if you're continuously pushing yourself and being hard on yourself because the consequences weren't that good both physically and mentally. So just 
you need or all of us need to be have some kindness and compassion for ourselves. Yeah, you have been pushing yourself for a bit while where you're sticking to the plan you already have or you already prepared for this, I don't know, this project or this week or this year. Something like pops up, I don't know, unexpected event happens. So you need to, I don't know, chill for a bit and like, yeah, and just reconsider the whole uh, plan or I don't know, have some flexibility. That's why I'm saying I learned this the hard way. (laughs) So let's talk about professional development. How do you approach continuing professional development? How far in advance do you plan the courses or webinars that you want to attend? And where do you look for them? I don't know, like each year I have this, like what are people calling resolutions of the year or goals? I just stop (laughs) calling them like goals or resolutions. It's an attempt, actually. Just to be better at X, Y, and Z. And I make a list of the skills I I need to work on, either the personal or soft skills or the technical skills. And I just divide them based on the feedbacks I got from my clients or feedback I got from my I don't know self-observation to my work or the or the colleagues I work with at the end of each year, I send, I know, like a request for the clients I work with to give me like feedback. And I ask them what areas you need me to work on or what areas they could be better at to serve you better or to be like a good translator in general or a better translator in general. And I collect all, I know, the answers and I start you know, like making like a diagram or I know short and then I just try to prioritize the skills. I don't know the aspects I need to work on more for the new year. And I start to prioritize them based on what I see is the most important skill or the most important aspect that I have to work on more. And then I know like I plan to how I can improve these specific skills, how much I have for each and, and every skill. I know how much time would I be available for to learn such a skill. So yeah, it's at the beginning of the year always. And when some, I know like sometimes because we're talking about flexibility here, sometimes working with I know like a client of mine, they started using, I know, like a new software or a new tool that I have to, I know, be good at or I need to know how to use it. So like, I know they send like heads up that this upcoming tool um, will be like available or would be, I don't know, the domain tool we're using in the translation. So I need to, I know, learn how to use this tool. The, I don't know, like figure out more while using it. But, you know, like at the very beginning, I have to know like the basics, the essentials in the tool. So sometimes during projects, when there is like something I have to, I don't know, learn to work on a specific project. Because most of the time as translators, we work like solo, you know, and we, sometimes you have to work on a team for a long-term project or a big project on a short timeline. 
So you discover you have to work on some, I don't know, like soft skills, like communication, teamwork. So yeah, like during these, I don't know, extraordinary projects, you get the chance to get the skills. And again, <laughs> for the attempts of the new year, you have to list these skills again. How do you choose which CBD events to sign up for? Do you prefer live courses or self-paced courses? And how do you choose which areas of your business, skills, or services you want to grow and develop? I don't know, like personally, I can learn more with the self-paced courses most of the time because the time zone thing is <laughs> like I'm struggling sometimes because if a course is live at X time zone, it could be like midnight for me or it could be, I don't know, like very early. So I just love the idea that I have the chance to have like self-paced or recording for a course and I can learn with myself, by myself. They can depend on the resources provided by, I know, the instructor, the course, and I'll help myself out during the course. I know that some people prefer the life, I know, because they need to see the person where, I don't know, like interact and engage during the life. Yeah, and this is not a bad, actually. I, I love the idea of practicing like life. But, you know, like time, sometimes you have a lot of work, so you need to manage the work first and then go for the CPD. How I know which aspects to work on. By self-observation, the most important thing I learned and I've been learning to, I don't know, like self-observe myself, my work, uh, how much this skills I, I got from the feedbacks. Again, if I see myself like I need to learn a specific tool or I need to learn how to use like specific software because I will have like a project in two months or in a month. So I have to, you know, like be prepared for the project by learning how to use this tool or that software. So this way I prioritize the skills, you know. I think the self-reflection piece is really important. And I think a lot of people just get so bogged down with the work that they say, oh, I'll do it later. And I think you're right. I mean, there's a point where you've finished the work and do the CPD because it's something that you need, but it's very easy to, to just keep working and avoid the CPD. So I think that's a, <laughs> a good bit of advice that you gave there. I believe like consistency is always key for me at least. And I remember, I don't know, some colleagues like, sent me some messages on LinkedIn, I believe like last year, how I find time for CPD. I have a lot of work. And I said, me too, I have a lot of work. But we need, I don't know, like to work on ourselves as people, like in general, I believe, because CPD means, I don't know, continuous uh, personal development. It's not just always about the career itself. You can do like an activity for yourself and you hobby or anything. If you dedicate like... 30 minutes daily for CPD. It will be great. Like each and every day, 30 minutes. You can have these 30 minutes, not like you are, I don't know, like you're isolated from the whole world and you sit in your room and it's it's all quiet out there. No, you can have these 30 minutes, I don't know, while doing an errand or having your walk, washing the dishes. You know, like listening to a podcast for 30 minutes or, I don't know, 
sharing the audio of this course or this webinar because CPD is, I don't know, like very broad. You can read a book and it considers CPD. You can listen to a podcast and it, it's considered a CPD. You can attend a conference where I know like one of the events by the community, any community of translators and it's a CPD. It could be like really anything. Sometimes for subtitlers, like watching a movie is a CPD for us game localizers. Playing a game is a CPD actually. Dedicating like specific amount of time for me 30 minutes is really working well I've been doing this like for almost three years I believe and always 30 minutes it adds up very quickly doesn't it yeah yeah I love that and even if you only have 15 or 20 minutes doing something a little bit every day it really does add up and I like how you explained how you can carve out time for learning in a busy day and I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that if it's, you know, something with just audio, yeah, of course, you don't have to be strapped to your computer. I know that Veronica likes to listen to webinars sometimes while she's cooking. And I think that's really cool because sometimes when you're keeping your hands busy, I find that you can absorb information better. I know a lot of people like to knit and stuff like that when they're listening to stuff. So yeah, that's really cool. Iman, do you have a preferred learning style? Like you just mentioned, you know, webinars and podcasts and books. I'm a visual person, actually. <laughs> I learned by, I don't know, like seeing pictures and stuff. I always like take notes of, you know, the very important, I don't know, points in the course or in the webinar. Or if I'm reading a book, like I highlight some sentences or uh, the most important things to get back to these or to search for more information about them. If I find something like... I need to, I know, like, go by in my life in general. I have to do, like, a caricature for it, like, drawing to make it, like, stick in my mind. But most of the time, it's taking notes is the best thing, like, for me, at least. Do you do the notes by hand or digitally? Yeah. If I'm reading, like, online or on my computer, I just highlight in you know, like, digitally. But most of the time, in my notebook, like, with my hands, yeah. I find that for me, at least too, I'm also very visual that that helps me to absorb and remember the information. But if I type it, I really often don't remember it. (laughs) That's just me. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a really important thing is to take into account your preferred like learning style and find, you know, CPD options that are similar, you know, how you like to learn and how you absorb information. So Iman, can you tell us how do you approach the financial aspect of CPD? Like how do you budget for it? I always go by Susie Jackson's advice uh, of having like two separate accounts, one for personal and one for the business. For the CPD, I know it's always related to, I don't know, like the business whatsoever, but I include it in my personal account or my personal budget for the month or the year, depending on how you, I don't know, like spend money or how you decide how you will spend the money. I'm very wise when, you know, when it comes to spending money over CPD because sometimes I feel like I got this <laughs> maniac person inside me that you should have attended this course or you should, I don't know, like, I don't know, be there in that webinar. But I always stick to my plans and to them, I know, the most urgent, the most urgent skills I need to work on. but. I always go for, I don't know, like, like you have 
the free I know resources you know like the paid resources from my point of view like mixing a little could could help you like have like a better plan for not so costly but a CPD budget you know like some of the free courses of course I don't know, like networking events. I learned from chatting with fellow translators and colleagues. Books are sometimes, I find books much less expensive than courses, especially with the exchange of the currencies. Also podcasts. I feel like podcasts are very free to listen and they are, I don't know, like great way to learn the profession or the specializations even. Online conferences also are really great. And a lot of them are free to watch for at least 24 hours. Being of which I was just attending Terp Summit, which is made for interpreters. And I find some sessions that could be beneficial for me as a translator. So I attended them. Also, I feel like the international translation, they, I know from time to time, they make, I know, like free webinars or courses, sometimes on a discount or something. The CIOL, the ATA, ITI, I feel like they provide either, I know, like free webinars or courses, I know, like low budget courses for, I don't know, for anyone. There are free courses also on Coursera and edX. You don't have to pay all the time for each and everything. Newsletters even are, I don't know, very and not common and available all over the internet. It also, for me at least, it improves, I know, the writing style of the reader. <laughs> I know. Sometimes, I know, like, I have this idea of building my own CPD library. <laughs> I've been doing this. Like, I save relevant websites or PDFs while translating sometimes when I find, like, a very... A useful website. I just go in this, I know, my very little CPID library on Google Drive and I put the link and I go back, I know, after finishing the work to check, I know, if there are like extra resources there. The YouTube channels, you know, are all free for the paid. I always see how much the skill, if it's like in a paid course, how much it, it will cost for me and how much this skill is urgent and how rare I could learn it from other, I don't know, like free resources. You know, like speaking of specializations, mostly depend on very specialized courses or, I don't know, like a few mentors or instructors in your specialization that could, I know, teach you how to learn a specific aspect in your specialization. So in this case, I don't know, like, I know this meme of invest. <laughs> I would go with something if I don't find, like, free resources, I would go for it. It's always depending, like I said, on how much this skill is, I know, is rare or how much I need to work on it or how much it's urgent for me on my, I don't know, list of skills I need to work on. You always have, I don't know, like, the freedom, choose whichever is suitable for you, like money-wise, because sometimes someone sees, I don't know, like a course very expensive and another person 
safe, like very cheap or of a good price. So this depends on you and your cost of living, of course. I know your your daily life in general. I really like that. And I think the idea of like constantly building and updating your own CPD library is a really good one. I do something similar too when I work on projects and I come across helpful websites or links. I add them to my list. I think that's a great habit. What do you do after you take a course to implement what you learned or to incorporate it into your marketing activities? Whenever like I have like this extensive course where something like really has a lot of information to absorb or a lot of assignment or homework, especially with the marketing courses, because you have, I don't know, like to rewrite your resume or portfolio or to, I know, like reconsider your marketing strategy as a translator. I just take like two days, like dedicating the time or the necessary time to implement all things that I need to reconsider or redo. Actually, I don't, I don't know, rush myself to start another course where I'll just say I will do it like another day or the next week or whatsoever. Because if I say that I will never do it, I have to be honest with myself. So just like right after I finish something, I have to implement whatsoever I learned. If it's something like technical, I will get the software or the tool and just start like playing with the icons and then if it's like something related to I don't know marketing or something like uh, related to the soft skills or whatsoever I have to make like a strategy how to implement all the things I learned this course or webinar how I can see like things to get better yeah I take two days like off and try to implement the things I learned already just to make things easier for me whenever I try to, you know, like to start learning something else because I don't have like overdue, I don't know, whatsoever implementation of this course I attended, I don't know, like last month. So yeah, it depends on, I have some colleagues that they take like a week or so just to implement the things that they learned in a course. I believe it depends on the nature of the person or how much time actually they are because just plan when I know that I will finish like a certain course at a certain time. I give myself two-day break to implement all the things that I learned in this course. And you can assess yourself how much time you need to implement anything you learn during the course. So do you have any other tips for our listeners on how to approach CPD strategically and consistently? Yeah, I believe like if you are, I don't know, like a translator working on specific specialization and if you're not already having like a community or if you're not active on LinkedIn, for example, I do encourage you to be there. Because there are a lot of fantastic resources uh, or opportunities of learning. I I know of because of my colleagues on LinkedIn and we're all sharing and all like useful courses or links to useful resources of learning. This could be like a very helpful way to do that. Also, if you live in a town or a city that has a community for translators or any kind of 
a league for translators, I would say like go and join them because I don't know, like even the discussions, even if they don't have like this tendency of organizing like actual events or on-site events, you, you will get the chance to learn from people who, I don't know, like more experienced or have, I don't know, I know like more knowledge or whatsoever, or even, I don't know, like knowing, I don't know, other specializations that might be interested to you because sometimes it could be hard at the very beginning to know your niche or something. So I know like going with community of translators or joining community of translators might help you. Like I know that such a niche exists in the first place that you could start from there, how to learn this niche or how to make like your CPD plan for entering the market of this niche. As how to plan strategically, as I said, it depends on the person, but I know you have to be consistent. Even if you're not learning or you don't have so much time, you start with, I don't know, like 15 minutes and then you go with 30 minutes. You just, I don't know, like experience, I don't know how you learn with yourself because I don't have like a specific plan for all of us. We're all different. So you have to try with yourself whatsoever could work best for you. Yeah, you could, I don't know, plan for yourself depending on the feedback you got or your self-observation of yourself and your work and the nature of the projects you work on, how much you can dedicate for your CPD, what kind of learning methods you love to do, whether you love reading, you love listening to something, you love watching something. This could also help you to better prepare for your in a CPD time. I like that. I like that you noted that everybody is unique and everybody learns differently. So you have to figure out what works for you. And in that process, you figure out what doesn't work for you as well. Yes, definitely. So Iman, if there were one piece of advice that you could go back and give to your past self about CPD, what would it be? Maybe uh, not attending each and everything I have encountered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true there's so much out there isn't there there's so much that you could possibly sign up for so it's good to be a little bit choosy i think we all can relate <laughs> yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> try to be like i don't know like picky and i know to stick to the plan <laughs> you have like a set of skills you need to work on so just i don't know look for these skills i'm not saying that you don't have i don't know like for example, if you would like to work on your communication skills and you see like a negotiation skills workshop, I'm not saying you don't have to attend it or it's not right. No, it's okay, but it's not like if you see like a webinar about X skills, you go for it and Y skills, you go for it and Z skills, you go for it. If you have like X skills you, you need to work on, just start with it and prioritize learning resources about this specific skill to improve it and then I don't know chill a little bit to know what's what's the, the next skill in your plan or in your list go with it yeah that you don't have to do it all at once good advice well this was such a great conversation Iman and we're so grateful that you agreed to join us today 
But before we go, we would love it if you would actually join us for a special segment that we'd like to do. We we like to ask our guests to share something with our listeners about a favorite book, resource, or gadget, and we like to call this Guests Favorites. So is there anything you'd like to recommend? Yeah, a lot of things. Actually, I can recommend. I am really bad at memorizing things. I'm reading a book actually right now. It's called Reality is Broken. It's about video games, actually. I know why games make us better and how they can change the world. It's a little bit exaggerating, but actually the writer or the author, she mentions a lot of, I don't know, great examples about video games and how they can make us like acquire a good, really good skills to, I don't know, like to try or to apply in our daily life and how this would be better for I don't know for all of us because I know games are different and you have different strategies to play each and every game so that's how life is or the nature of work at least each project is different especially if you're working in localization and um, yeah so I feel like this book is really great i'm about to finish it and i find it really interesting i will add the link to our show notes thanks for joining us again today Eman. Uh, continuing professional development is such an important topic for translators and interpreters and i'm sure that many of our listeners will find your tips very helpful and before we go where can our colleagues learn more about you and find you online yeah i'm always on linkedin I can be on other platforms. I'm <laughs> already taking a marketing course. So um, yeah, I hope soon I say another platform, but currently on LinkedIn. We love LinkedIn. So that's perfect. We'll add the link to our show notes as well. And that's a wrap on this episode. As always, in a couple of days, our email subscribers will get a summary of the episode with all the links to the resources that we mentioned today. And in addition, on May 5th, Iman will be teaching a webinar called Game Localization in Arabic-Speaking World. And she kindly extended the discount on registration until the end of January so that our listeners could take advantage of it. So if you're an Arabic translator or a localizer, check out the link to this webinar in our show notes. And if you liked this episode, we would love it if you would share it with your colleagues and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This only takes a minute and we've recorded a quick video tutorial to show you how to do it. You'll find it in our show notes. Talk to you soon.